Welcome to the pre-round seven Supercoach Coach podcast. I'm Marcus, and this week joined again by FB Donkey. Welcome back. G'day, mate. Good to be back. And we've got a trio of us on uh, this week. Faz, welcome back to the show, mate. Thanks for having me, guys. I've got two Essendon supporters to whinge about our performance on the weekend now. So uh, <laughs> you can just give the mic to us and we'll have about 45 minutes of complaints, I'm sure. Yeah, we'll start with complaining about our Supercoach teams. I don't think any of us are quite crushing it at the moment. Faz, actually, I didn't check your score. So why don't you start us off? How did you go this weekend? Yeah, it was a 21.90 for me this week, which Top I think... Score. Okay, yeah, found a bit off off the pace compared to some of the other scores I was seeing out there. But probably the, the low light of the week for me was trading out Matty Rowell. I had originally planned to go to Petrarca, so perhaps not the worst thing in the world that with roses being a laid out, uh, we got that news Sunday morning. So, so that threw a lot of trade plans into disarray. So my move ended up being ringing Perez in the back line, pretty happy with his first score. It's just going to sit there on the bench anyway, but hopefully he can tick along and make a bit of money. Ended up going Jordan as my replacement for Petrarca when I couldn't afford track anymore. A bit disappointed with Dugowie's score. I thought he played a better game than the 75 points. I think he's got a pretty good role in that Collingwood side, so hopefully he can bounce back there. Probably the, the big topic of the week, uh, I think all, all of us and, and probably most Supercoach teams out there have got uh, Brody Grundy sitting in the ruck line and surprisingly announced today he's out for 10 to 12 after you know, coming back on the last quarter and playing really well against Essendon. I think that's going to be dominating our thinking this week, what we do to to fix that hole in our ruck line. Yeah, I reckon Sean Darcy would have just soldiered on so a bit disappointing from Grundy but oh well Donk how'd you go a uh, bit of a crap week 2155s out to a 20k ranking which is pretty terrible after six weeks uh I had Hayes on field I know you didn't Marcus that's probably the big cost for me uh brought in Proust which I was pretty happy with and brought in Bailey Smith who was a bit disappointing on debut and I think the big cost for my team was Tim English doing his hamstring training last week and so I've got to play an extra rookie on field and being a pod, that's messed up my team a fair bit. I know it has yours as well, mate. Yeah. So not too disappointed with the score, considering we've both copped essentially the most important play in our teams, being a overperforming POD, being injured, Tim English on the bench. Luckily I had Hayes and Rochelle off field, which was nice. Did trade out Bowie, which is a bit annoying because McCartan then got done with a concussion. So I probably lost some points there. Brought in Perez as well. And my premium that I brought in was Lukey Parker. Really was seeing some big scores for a Sydney midfielder against the Hawks. Unfortunately, I picked the wrong one with Callum Mill scoring 200, but uh, happy with Parker's first score up being 100. Dugowie was the alternate there happy to have kept Raul sorry Faz uh, with a 103 coming through at least I know that was one of the key trade out candidates from last week before we get into this week's questions which are going to be centered around Grundy and some of the rookie outs let's have a quick look at our Supercoach coach groups and call out our top scorers for the round in our Patreon group Jimmy's team 24-49 was his score. He's sitting up 
the top of our super coach coach Patreon group ranked 250th overall. So huge score there and topping our group. So we'll be keeping a keen eye on how Jimmy goes. Must be a pretty good team. And in our main super coach coach group, top score being Tyler's team, Shep Screamers with a 2403. So well down to those two on 2400 plus score. Let's get straight into questions for the week. And we'll start off with the first one here. Aralis Maximus, one of our patrons, has asked, which rookies to target for a trade out this week? And he's called out McCartan, for example, is likely to miss this week with a concussion. You know, Jack Hayes is going to be out for the rest of the season as well with an ACL. And a couple more rookies to call out, and they all feature in the top trade outs at the moment. Josh Rochelle and Jason Horn Francis, both facing large break evens, which is why we're looking at them this week for potential trade out. Might start with yourself, Faz. I think most of us have basically all these players, pretty popular players. Who are you looking in terms of potential trade outs this week? Hayes probably seems like the obvious one. And then from there, bit of a raffle in terms of who we choose to to get out i'm guessing it'll be hayes grundy plus sort of one of those three it's a lot of people that's right that was my initial thinking was certainly hayes was probably the first one i had on the trade list but i've now been thinking about potentially holding hayes for a week and looking at moving on both for shelly and horn francis this week along with grundy and i guess the concern with both for shelly and and Horn Francis is that with break-evens above 80 for both of them, there's a good chance that they'll slide in price a bit. And, you know, Hayes obviously is not playing any more games this year, so his price is staying right where it is. And running my potential trade through, I've got enough cash to get it done sort of no matter who I trade out. So to sort of avoid any backwards price movements from my rookies, I'm tempted to probably move both Horn Francis and Rochelle this week. And, but I guess in saying that, both of them would have been on my bench anyway. So I'm not really taking anyone off field by choosing that trade. I think if, if it was sort of a choice between holding, I'd say Horn France is probably the one that I'd be most happy to hold. His scores haven't been horrible. So you can probably still bank 60 to 70 score from him. And if the difference is someone like Horn Francis and you have to bring on a Ward or McDonald, someone like that, that's probably the difference maker that would lead me down to trading Hayes instead. Yeah, I think that's pretty smart. My main candidates would probably be McCartney, Hayes, and Rochelle to go out. Two of them are playing. And I guess it depends a little bit on, do you need the bench cover? So do you actually need a McCartney and Hayes who won't play this week to actually cover players on the bench? So those three guys are in the firing line for me. Just on McCartney, I'm, I'm probably a little less willing to trade McCartney. Hopefully we get a bit more news about how long he's likely to be out. But particularly having moved early on a few guys already this season, I, I traded Hinge last week. I've already gotten rid of Ward earlier in the season and Dylan Stevens from Sydney. Probably if you'd asked me a week ago, I was pretty confident in how the cash gen in the team was going. And that's all changed with a series of low scores amongst a lot of the rookies this weekend, together with Hayes's you know, season-ending ending injury. I'm probably keen to hold and hold on to guys and eke out as much value as I can and McCartan's break even is sitting at 44 at the moment and he's 
still under 270K. So I, I feel like he's still got some money to make. So if you've got enough bench cover that you can sort of hold him, deal with his donut for a week, that's the one I'd, I'd probably try and hold on to and, and see if you can get him up above that 300K mark. Yeah, it's going to be tough to give specific advice in terms of an ordering, I think, these days with me on a DPP, but also people are basically already moving rookies pretty quickly off their field. I know we're talking about cash gen potentially slowing a little bit, but with the amount of mid prices that we've had perform well, I don't think I've seen another season like this where in round six, there are people who have cleared like most of the poor scoring rookies off their field. They're playing mid prices that are scoring the nineties to hundreds and play like Horn Francis is already on your bench. So if Horn Francis is still on field, I don't mind holding him. I think at 310, yes, he has a high break even, but a couple of good games, I think he'll still go up in price. And as as you mentioned, his scoring is actually pretty decent. Where if you have Horn Francis on your bench, he probably makes sense to trade out because you don't need his scoring already. And his high break even means that you just want to cash him out at uh, a short-term peak, even though I don't think it'll be a season peak. So I think everything that you all have said has made sense. I'll probably be looking to be guided in the first instance by who I have on field. And so McCartan is one where if I don't trade him out, I may have to play like a deconing on field, but trading him out might allow me to put Driscoll into the back line, for example, who's currently sitting in the midfield. So these will be the things that I'm definitely considering. I think the only one that's a clearer trade out to me beyond Hayes uh, is uh, Rochelle this week. He's had two good games, but as a forward, his tendency to score sub 60 is reasonably high. And so he's just not somebody that you really want to be playing on ground. Uh, for a lot of people, he's already off ground. And even though you can go up a little bit more in price, having to wait for him to dip and have another big game for that to cycle through before you trade him at a peak probably means from a like scoring to price equation, he's probably the guy that I'm most happy to trade out out of all of them and more pressing than Hayes because he will drop in price this week. Having said that, I've played with configurations where I'm potentially holding him for an extended period. So hard to give definitive advice there, but I think all sound points that have been covered so far. All right. Final question on the rookies from Mark Leonard. Uh, He's in a situation where he already brought Hayes in last week, who's a player that we will get to shortly, Sam Hayes. And he doesn't have enough to do one up and one down cash wise and hit an ideal upgrade. So he's wondering what he should be thinking about in terms of whether or not he should be considering a boost, what other sort of rookies he may be considering this week in order to continue that upgrade cadence. So I think the main hope is probably that Roses gets uh, a game this week. I think he, after the presser, uh, Stuart Dew mentioned that he was a decent chance to play this yep. week. And then Hobbs would be the other one, I think, if he continues to get named. That would make sense as the potential two hot players to, to be trading in outside of Hayes this week. Yeah, I think Roses would be number one, uh, just because of the scoring potential that he's shown so far. A bit worrying that he did 
carry an injury though, um, especially to the calf, that can be a reoccurring sort of thing. I think that Hobbs will be named and continue to get games. It's a little bit tricky. There's a few players competing for his spot. Like we've got Braden Ham, who had a bunch of possessions in the reserves, and there's a couple of other players competing. I think that it was really weird watching Anzac Day. I, I brought in Hobbs this week, so I was watching him pretty closely. And he just kept leading up and being into open spaces. And the players kept ignoring him. So I guess they're not quite trusting him yet to give him the ball as much as he deserved. And yeah, his score was pretty crappy this week for considering his price. So that is a bit of a worry. Yeah, I agree. I think he sent a message to us during the game. uh, And then I was focusing on him a bit more and completely agree. There was times when he was in a fair bit of space. It was usually that sort of short, like 30 meter pass. And and I guess maybe that was part of the game plan. They were looking to, to go longer. He was named, I saw he was named in the center for team sheets, but then didn't really get a whole lot of time in, in the guts. I was at the game, so I sort of wasn't checking the stats and things during the game. But yeah, and I'd agree that there's probably a few outside the side, as well as Ham. You've got Cutler, who's been out for a few weeks. Devin Smith's also not playing in the team, and Hobbs is playing a bit of a, a sort of forward role as well. There's a bit of pressure for, for spots in a pretty poor side. So yeah, I don't love his scoring potential, but being a, a high draft pick that they'll probably persist with him and, and get a few games into him. And I guess he just needs to have one decent game and he could make a bit of money for you, but not someone I'm, I'll be targeting sort of all of my trade plans at the moment, hinging on Roses being back this week. Yeah. If he's named, I don't mind forcing that through. You would think even if he doesn't play consistent games, there are chances that he'll get games throughout the season, just may not be the fastest cash generation type player. But if you need to downgrade to fund an upgrade, then that's probably what you should be trying to do, even if it's not the most ideal player. All right, we'll move on to the next topic and probably the biggest one for the week. That's Brady Grundy and his injury. 10 to 12 weeks is the prognosis. And that's obviously a must trade in that situation. Fortunately, he scored 129, so he didn't drop as much as he could have with his break even of 150. Yeah, it was great still that he dropped. stayed on the ground and dominated that last quarter and got the 50-meter penalty and kicked a goal. I thought that was awesome, Marcus. It's <laughs> uh, still very raw. I mean, if you tell your team to kick the ball to the right person instead of just trying to get Parrish the medal during Anzac Day games, maybe it could have been the difference. <laughs> We'll go to a question from Chris Lund and, and Bo Kirkwood on our Patreon question thread asked similar questions. In this instance, what to do with Brody Grundy if you have the set and forget combo? So if you've got Gorn and Grundy. Now, both these guys, they don't have Pruce, which a lot of people who have Gorn Grundy passed on Pruce waiting for Hayes this week. The question is, would you look to go f- Grundy down to Pruce? Consider a player like Wits or Darcy or go down to Hayes. What do you reckon in terms of those options? All seem like they have their positives. It's a super tricky situation. Wits is now 5.30 or something. He's playing out of his skin. Like I did not see this coming from Wits at all. He's never produced these sort of numbers before. So I could see why he would be considered, but I think with Bruce and Hayes as options, he probably wouldn't be the way I'd go. Darcy. Did fail a concussion protocol late uh, in the last quarter of that game, so he won't be able to play this week, so that rules him out. And then it comes to Bruce and Hayes. And I think Bruce scoring hundreds, um, still having a really low break-even, I- I'd probably try and figure out a way to get both of them if you don't have Bruce and Hayes at this stage. 
probably the, the one question mark I have with Proust is, will the scoring be as good? Presumably, uh, I haven't looked at the fixture yet, but there's got to be a Ruckman at the team he's playing next week. Whereas on Friday night, it was, you know, Hayes went down and then Marshall went down and all of a sudden it was Josh Battle in the midfield trying to ruck against Flynn and, and Proust and they both scored, you know, really well. But it's that unknown of, of how to Flynn and Proust score together in the same team when there's actually a, a decent opposition for them to play against. That's probably what has me a bit scared off bringing Proust in. Oh, that's <clears> totally fair as well. Flynn's played really well as a forward, so kicked a few goals. So you would think that both of them are named again this week and they come up against Riley O'Brien, who's going to provide a lot more competition. And can Proust keep up, keep scoring hundreds when he's like sharing the ruck with someone? I think I was just super impressed with Proust's ruck work. Even when he was up against Marshall and Hayes early in that game, he just seemed to dominate the taps and hit outs to advantage and that will lead to a lot of points. So I think the 300k, he is still a pretty good buy. I think I would be guided by the cash that you might need to make the other two trades for the week. I think most people, if they're trading Grundy, will probably use a boost this week. I think it makes sense to assess that altogether. I've no issues with paying 300k for Proust. I think he still offers 200k worth of value from here and is probably the preferred player to have on field over Hayes. But 180k is a big difference. And if you're not in the situation to be trading both of them in, then just going Hayes, I don't think is the worst option. Hopefully Dixon is back this week, if not next. And the Ruck Fords that hopefully will be available that can provide you some alternate trading strategies. Like if Hayes and Dixon both happen to be out and you need to pivot for getting an actual scoring ruck on field. Got Sherry as well as a, as a potential cover. Yep. So long as your other forward bench is still playing. Dixon is still one to two weeks on the injury list um, with that calf injury. I don't know if that's old info, but. Yeah. I think that there was discussion that he was going to be a test this week. You do raise a really interesting point about Hayes, Marcus, that Hayes is potentially your highest scoring rookie, like a, one of the really good scoring rookies. So you may actually want to get him on field if you can. Um, and I think that that's the approach that I'm going to take with my team. Yeah, with English still on our sides, Proust Hayes with the backup of Sherry if we need him to come on field is probably the situation that we'll run with. You could even put Hayes on as an emergency and then loophole Sherry into that R2 role if Hayes happens to have a poor game. Some nice trickery there that can provide some... Ex the counter mm. for that for our teams, Marcus, is that um, Melbourne have Hawthorne and West Coast in the next three weeks who have basically no ruck line whatsoever. So Gorn could actually score 200 in each of those games and it may actually be worthwhile the non-Gorn owners actually trying to target him. And he's basically at his starting price point at 658. So 100K to upgrade through to him. I think ideally, if you can side swap Grundy to Gorn and then still manage a one up, one down, that's probably the scenario that would be ideal. But if not, if you can only do Grundy to Gorn this week and you can't do another upgrade, then you essentially spend a whole week, potentially even three trades kind of just doing a side swap. So that's probably my only hesitation is that, yes, Gorn could absolutely score well, but are you almost better off punting? But 
Hopefully he just has a quieter one. They take the opportunity to run Jackson in there a little bit more. It's not necessarily the right move, but strategically like that's a, a risk that you could run. All right. Next question here is from one eight Eagles. And he's basically asking whether this is the week to use a boost with Grundy being a required trade out. So as I mentioned at the top, most people will be looking to use the boost this week. This is the perfect time to be using a boost. We've officially started, if not last week, certainly this week, the upgrading cycle. And the boost allows us to trade out injured players while maintaining a one up, one down. That's part of the rationale behind not really wanting to do Grundy to Gorn unless you've accumulated enough cash to maintain that momentum. And he's asked, should I go Grundy down to Hayes and then use that cash to upgrade two rookies? So functionally, it is still one side swap and then up and a down, but that's something that I'm looking at this week. Grundy, Hayes and Rochelle out for a couple of midfield premiums or, or one back, one mid and Sam Hayes. definitely pro that particular approach so i think we've all ended up at a point marcus where we're seeing the boosts in regards to upgrade cadence and just trying to use them as early as possible basically like just trying to you get rid of all four or all five of them over the next few weeks and try and get ahead of that upgrade process is that how you're seeing it yeah and i think part of that's probably guided again by the earlier reflection that teams actually are looking more finished than they've we've seen in years gone by. I know people are talking about cash generation stalling, but with Brody, with Sherry, with even Martin scoring in the eighties, Barry, Caldwell, like there's just so many mid prices that have worked out. Proust now. Uh, so absolutely. It looks like we will have more than enough scoring on field to accelerate out most of the rookies and then still have a stack of trades and be able to more side swap mid prices to true premiums if they drop off. Um, so I think part of that's also how the seasons panned out. Does that make sense? Yeah, it does. I think the only thing I'd add there, I certainly agree that this is a good week to be using a trade boost, just projecting forward a few weeks. I wouldn't necessarily want to be forcing this, uh, if the rookies aren't there, cause that's, you know, always part of the equation when it comes to continuing that upgrade cadence, if you start to go too far ahead and sort of dip into the well of uh, rookies. Was it Dempsey for Geelong who debuted? I think looked all right, but you know, you wouldn't want to be bringing him in this week and then potentially not having a, a rookie available to you next week. There's the West Coast mature age rookie who's, I think, slated to debut this week. But again, you, you don't want to rush ahead too much because you could find yourself in a few weeks' time sitting there in the cupboards bare when it comes to rookies. And I think that can really hurt you on the, on the way home in the season. Not only you don't have the bench cover, but that sort of second wave of price increases, the rookies that we bring in now will sort of be hitting maturity around the time of the buys. And, and that cash can be really important to deal with potentially, you know, you have a premium that gets injured early in the game. So the, the price drops a bit, you, you need some extra cash at that point as well. I'm, I'm more than happy to use a boost this week. But I wouldn't just be doing it for the sake of it and bringing in Elijah Hollands and, and other guys that we think will get games unless they're actually there to be picked. Yeah, I think we'll hit a natural point where the amount of players that we're tra trading out, if you use three trades in a row, three weeks in a row, that's potentially nine rookies that you're trading out in a short period. And all those rookies will take time to reach their price maturity. So 
you also may just run into to situations where even your trade out targets might be back into a situation where we're waiting a little bit, but certainly we'll be keeping an eye on sort of what makes sense moving forward. We've already covered the scenario of going to Gorn, so I might just go around and ask any final thoughts on the Grundy situation uh, that we might not have covered. My thoughts at the moment are I'm going to bring in Hayes, playing with R2, and target Clayton Oliver, so he's basically side-swapping Grundy to Oliver, which sucks that you have to do it, but um, hopefully that's a good upgrade, and I think we've covered off everything else. So we'll move on to the trade-ins, and it's a good segue. We've already covered Sam Hayes and, and Proust, who uh, two of the top three current trade-in targets as it stands at time of recording, and Clayton Oliver is the other one. So his 68 has officially cycled out. He has now bottomed out at still the high price of 618K. We were certainly hoping for a bigger drop with a 170 break even, but... Clayton is one of the top scoring midfielders for a reason and certainly had a day out. Now, even though it seems like we were hoping to get him a little bit cheaper, I did go back and look at last year where Clayton had a bit of a dip, also scored a 70 in round three last year. And uh, when that cycled out, he bottomed out at about 590-ish, which is probably what we were hoping for with a, a game in the 120s or 30s on the weekend instead of the, the 168 or whatever it was. But I think goes without saying that 618 is still a decent discount off Clayton. I don't think he reached 590 again until the later half of the season. So this is his official bottoming out and with a 168 in his price cycle for another couple of weeks, unless he has another poor game again, which tends to only happen like once or twice a season for Clary, a sub 80 game. So absolutely, I think this week makes a fair bit of sense in terms of targeting him. Uh, a lot of people, and we got Dom Dunn who asked us a question about moving Horn Francis to him. It certainly is a really attractive upgrade. I know a lot of people are considering that. Basically since about round six last year, I've had this plan in mind because I, I was someone who didn't start Clary last year. He had that dip, as you mentioned, down to sort of just under 600. And I forget the circumstances, but I think I had something else that felt more pressing that week. I was like, oh, I'll just wait one more week for Clary. And then he just completely yo-yoed back up in price and just got into that sort of unachievable level of, of price. When a player's up at 650 and above, it's really challenging to get them in. Um, even if you're trading, let's say Dacos is probably one of the best performing rookies this year. He's still under 400,000. You need another almost $300,000 to get up to those sort of prices um, if you're trying to upgrade a fully matured, very good rookie, let alone some of these other guys who will plateau around the 250k mark. So while Claire is available at a price like that, I'm just going to jump right on. We, we sort of touched on it already talking about Gorn, but Melbourne's run coming up next for is Hawthorne, St Kilda, West Coast, North Melbourne. So I foresee a couple of pretty big scores. I, I think there, you know, particularly that West coast, North back to back, those could be some huge numbers from Clary and I'd rather be inside the tent pissing out than watching that go on and praying that he has another poor score. Should we be considering Petrarca since he's so much cheaper given he has the same draw and just would need one or two really big scores in that sequence? Yeah, I think that's probably the main question on my mind. And I think the game 
that's most pressing is actually next week's game. Like Hawthorne have been one of the best teams to score against from an opposition midfielder point of view. We just saw Mills clear 200 against them. Both Oliver and Petrarca look really attractive as, as soon as this week. I think the main question is, does that 70K or 60-ish K allow you to do something else? And if the answer to that is yes, then I'd be pretty tempted to roll the dice. Petrarca has had three sub-90 games, but he can absolutely turn it on as well. And against poorer teams, potentially has a high likelihood of having, you know, a stack of goal kicking on top of a high possession count. It's a particularly tough one. I think if it's not going to tra- change your trade situation, as in you can bring in whoever you want to bring in regardless, or it doesn't stop you from doing a two premium ins, then I would be looking at Oliver. But if that 70K makes a difference, I'd certainly be looking at Petraka. I'm in a situation where like, if I pick Oliver, I would have to pick a defender instead of a midfielder to get a true premium. So I'd be looking at like Oliver Lloyd versus if I went Petrarca, I could do like Petrarca together with maybe Tom Mitchell might be an option there. I guess that's something that I'm tossing up myself. Uh, I think it's hard to recommend Petrarca over Oliver though. He's just basically a must have by the end of the season, isn't he? And certainly before the Adelaide game, I mean, there's still a while to go there, but he's a chance of breaking 200 in that game himself. What about Oliver versus Steele? So Steele's only 30k more. Yeah, I think even though it sounds like a small difference, I think I'd take Oliver at a dip. Ultimately, the game against Hawthorne this week's also got to be reasonably attractive compared to Port Adelaide. And I know that's short-term thinking, but Sankula of Port Adelaide, Melbourne, and then Geelong. And Port and Geelong aren't best to score against from a midfielder's point of view, where, yeah, Clary may score another 160 this week and then his price would get pretty tough to climb on. A 130 would be much more palatable for a week late, but the chance of him having another 160 is potentially reasonably high against Hawthorne. And so for more short-term price fluctuation point of view, I'd be pretty tempted. Have you seriously considered Steele over Oliver for the week, Mark? Definitely thought about it. Steele's um, been a bit more consistent and still scoring really, really well. And I'm super impressed by where the Saints are at the moment. Definitely wish I had gone steal over Miller at the start of the year. Uh, Miller started great, but it's dropped off a little bit. So I'd like both of them in my team. And at the moment, Steele's sort of running away and it's going to be pretty hard to bring him in. Potential tiebreaker, if it helps, is St. Kilda do play the first buy. So in terms of targeting a buy-free player, he's somebody that you could trade in after his buy as one of your final, ideally, upgrades. All right, that's going to round out our questions for the main show before we go to our patrons. Thank you both, gents, for uh, your advice for what is a pretty big week with Grundy, a lot of these rookies all reaching their peak at a similar time and Clayton being available. So going to be a reasonably exciting week from a, a trade point of view. I can't see any coaches really not pressing the boost button this week, maybe non-Grundy owners perhaps, but going to be a big week of trading so best of luck to the community out there and any final words from each of you yeah well marcus we're going to end up after this week with a ruck line of bruce hayes dixon 
which is like sending us back into the ruck merry-go-round. So <laughs> this show may be dominated by ruck discussion for the rest of the season. And uh, I'm, I'm bringing in Hayes as my R2, so I'm, I'm joining you for the ride. Gorn will hopefully be my pillar of stability and uh, yeah, then we'll, then we'll just play a revolving door of R2 the rest of the season. On the merry-go-round we go. And with that, we'll catch you all next week. See ya. See ya. Bye. Don't want this get crazy. Don't want this get crazy. Don't want this get crazy. Don't want this get crazy.